five, four, three, two, one. I guess we'll just start it. Right. All right, folks. Welcome to Above the Board Podcast, a podcast where we talk about, well, things. I'm your host, Jeremy. I'm Bradley. I got the finger guns. I got the finger guns. That nobody can still see. But you can hear them. On the podcast. Can you hear that? Can you hear that? No. We'll see if it hooks up on my mic. Maybe. Maybe I'll add a drum roll. Who knows? That's <laughs> <laughs> ridiculous. It's ridiculous. We're already starting out. <laughs> We're already starting out crazy. It's going to be a fun, a fun recording session. Well, it's session. been like, what, a month since we recorded? Yeah, it's because we, yeah, we did the, the wrestling episode, which I got a lot of good feedback on that one. A lot of good feedback. Yeah. My, um, I was happy about it. The friend that I mentioned that had helped me to, um, pick the matches for you to watch uh he finally got a chance to, to listen to him and he mm. was like your boy did ishi so dirty and i'm like wait until you hear part two when he destroys the lucha <laughs> brothers <laughs> well what was his thoughts about that how do you like part two i don't know if he's listened to part two yet i'll have to, oh, I'll have to, him about to that. listen to it um, yeah but yeah it was pretty funny <laughs> good yeah, a couple of people uh, gave us some pretty good feedback, uh, different things that I thought was interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, just to kind of, again, pull the curtain back. We did that one in one seat, one sitting. It was long, so we cut it up because uh, we weren't sure if anybody wanted to listen to us talk for that long. Yeah. Um, so I mean, I, think I don't want to. Pretty well. That would have been yeah. hell for me yeah. to go through like after, like before we posted it, just to make sure it was all good. Yes. So. Yes. We're going to make it. I feel that. I think we should definitely try to shoot for an hour and 15 at most at most fair each episode we're getting better at it yeah i mean this episode's going to be a fun one yeah next take again we're not going to talk about what it is yes because we got yes it is five movies to go through five movies i've already watched mine i already have my notes oh nice part of me wants to go back and rewatch them some of them yeah i need to start watching those i'll probably honestly because i've got like six days off in a row coming up soon i'll probably watch the majority of them then and then maybe we can try to get it recorded. Yeah, we could always record a little early. Who knows? Maybe do a little bonus episode. Who knows? Who knows how we're going to do this? Maybe. But what? Uh, since we haven't recorded, we still talk. We've we've talked about that before. Uh, you've been doing. We we discussed this about you doing a D and D campaign mm-hmm. that I was forced out of against my will. <laughs> <laughs> no. You and your fucking um, narratives, dude. I know. Your bullshit. Well, you know, QAnon this is a creative podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is a creative podcast. Just kidding. Being creative. It's not as bad as QAnon. If you listen, if any of our listeners are a QAnon oh, fucker, fuck right off. Have... Fuck right off. We don't want you. Go away. Anyways. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Oh my lord. Listen. All right. I'm just being honest here. I mean, okay. Okay. <laughs> so your campaign, how's it going? You see me, I'm drinking. Um, I know. It makes it all the more fun. <laughs> I still see Rudolph on the wall, too. I guess, dude. I don't know what the fuck that is. Still don't it's know. Rudolph. I still I don't think know. you need to take a picture of that. Let me put it on Facebook, and we'll do a poll. All right, sounds good. On Facebook and Instagram, see what people think it is. Sounds good. Uh, yeah, it's going good. We've had one other session, I think, since we last talked. 
I'm trying to remember. We've so there's session zero, quote mm-hmm. unquote, where which you were part of, and yes. then we've had two. Se- so we've had two sessions since you have last been a part of it. Um, it's been okay. good. They have uh, started looking into the mysterious happenings that are going on in the city. They have mm-hmm. uh, found out some secrets about uh, you know who and what they may be facing. Um, I think okay. our next session is going to be tomorrow, as of recording this. Um, tomorrow, I believe, it could ease, it could either be the last part of this like arc, they could they could uh, finish it off, or it'll be like the penultimate um, session. Okay. Of, yeah, that's so that's good. That's pretty much what's happened uh, in D and D. That's the the cliff notes. In the world of D and D, you still like in roll twenty. I am. I'm really, really liking it. It's a lot of fun. I've been diving more and more into the the tools and the, the UI and all that, and it's been a lot of fun. Yeah. Do you miss uh, doing it on a table? Yeah, of course. Uh, I would yeah. much. I, it, I would obviously much prefer to be able to do it on a table in person. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, honestly, with uh, the seemingly light at the end of the tunnel with the whole pandemic thing supposedly coming up. Um, it's likely that I may be able to do that soon. I don't know. Um, Are you vaccinated now? Not yet. Um, I will probably be scheduling one pretty soon, though. It's going to be easier once yeah. I start my new job. Um, I got mine last month sometime. So we're good to go. Yeah. I can lick faces again. Lick doorknobs, lick faces. I don't think you should do that. Yeah. I'm doing it. I don't care. I do what I want. Just make sure you get consent first. <laughs> Do you gotta have consent to just lick a face, a random face? I work retail. I think so. Face licking is part of it. All right. (laughs) If there's any listener who does not work retail, uh, don't listen to this man's lies. (laughs) Yeah, we don't actually lick faces in retail, but I'm sure you know that if you've been in a store in your time. Fair enough. Good. Yeah. Good. What about what's going on with you? What's what's been new in your life? Well, I've I've started a new. journey with board gaming i was sitting in my house Uh, my board game group had sort of disbanded so we're working towards rebuilding that and i finally had some people over recently to play some games at the house that was fun Uh, i've been doing a uh, some board gaming at the local cafe every week with some work people which has been good and then uh, recently I was just kind of staring around at some of the board games and I thought, you know, I'm curious how many, I have about 120 games and I was wondering how many of those games had a solo mode, uh, about 35 of them. Okay. Uh, so I was like, you know what, I'm going to start playing some of these solos. So I did get a chance to play a full solo game of one, uh, tiny Epic galaxies. Okay. Now I have played this solo in the past, super easy game. Um, I don't know if you've played tiny Epic galaxies with me before or not. I think so. Uh, Basically, it's a small, small box game, big fun. Uh, you roll dice, you try to connect. Uh, basically, you're just trying to make patterns and grab cards and whatnot. I'm not going to go into the entire way you play the game. Yeah. Uh, but when you play it solo, you're playing against an AI card that's sort of, you roll dice and just one by one, you do whatever the dice says. Uh, and there's a, a list of things you can do. Um, there's multiple difficulties. And I tell you, just the first game playing it, I I know why I haven't played a lot of solo games in the past. Uh I don't like the setup as much. 
I don't like sitting there, you know, when I'm when I'm playing games with other people and we're setting up, we're chit-chatting, we're talking, we're getting excited for the game. When I'm doing it by myself, it just feels tedious. Yeah. Um but I'm I'm committing to going through each of the games that I have that have a solo mode. So it's going to take me some time. I'm I'm not committing to a time frame or whatnot. Right. Um, have but I you, did that one and go ahead. Have you thought about like filming like even just the setup? Mm. Yeah, maybe, I mean, I've, like, that'd be kind of like a cool, like, I don't know, minute, depending on the game, minute, minute and a half, two minutes time lapse of you, like, getting pretty much yeah. a camera pointed down at your end of you setting it up and then playing it. And then, I don't know, that'd be kind of cool. And then maybe a voice over it. Yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of people out there that are doing those sorts of things. So I'm not sure that I want to spend even more time setting up the camera and all of that stuff. I don't know. It. I have thought about it. It's just a thought. Um, if, it's, thought about if it's just too tedious content, yeah. to... To just up. something to have yeah um but i i started also tiny epic dinosaurs okay uh, that's taken a little bit longer just because i wasn't as familiar with the regular rules of that game uh, as much as i was tiny epic galaxies okay. uh, but so far i'm i'm enjoying them i i do enjoy both the games and i realized too because i live alone i can just leave the damn game set up so i'm like and i did that before i remember years ago when i'd play zombie side by myself i would just set the game up on a table off to the side and just when i got a chance i'd play it Mm -hmm. Um, and it's fun i mean once you're into it it is definitely fun having a cup of coffee just kind of rolling some dice and enjoying the game for what it is not necessarily for the social aspect of gaming right so sounds interesting it's been fun yeah so I'm, i'm anxious i'll inform you some more Next month or next week or whenever we record again, uh, and I've played a couple more. We'll see how it goes. Cool. Look forward to hearing about it. Yeah. Yeah. Other than that, um, not really doing a whole lot working. Working. Uh, it is, as of recording, we're recording this on Memorial Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's May 31st. I just finished a challenge that a friend of mine had given me the beginning of May was every day of May, I had to write down something that I love about myself. And so today I did the last one, 31 days. And let me tell you, this was difficult. Yeah. It really was. And I'm going to do something with that to sort of remember it. So if you ever get into a point in your life where you're kind of struggling, it'd be kind of neat to look back and think, you know, these are the things that I know that I love about myself and that I'm good with. So, Mm -hmm. you know, something positive and uplifting. They were all like different, unique things? Yes. Okay. Yeah, everything was different. There was a couple of times I had to end up writing them on a whiteboard as well. Uh, I've been journaling it. So every day a new page, I write down why it's why I love that about myself. It couldn't be anything physical that I don't have any control over. Mm-hmm. Like I couldn't say, oh, I love the way my hair looks like that. No, it's it's got to be things like, you know, I love being creative. Mm-hmm. Um, so and then why do I love that about me and how do I use it sort of thing? And there was a couple of times where I would say something. Wait a minute, I already said that. I know I did. And then there was one that I looked at my board. I'm like, how did I not? How did I not say this one already? Mm-hmm. Uh, but after about day six, you start having to spend some time thinking. And it was it was a good challenge. I texted the young lady that gave me that challenge this morning and thanked her for giving me the gift of self reflection. And really just self-care. Because I think that's what it really came down to. Yeah. Uh, so it was an awesome challenge. I recommend anybody out there try it. It's a, it's definitely a unique experience that I didn't think would be as interesting as it was. Nice, dude. Yeah. Sounds like it's a pretty positive so, thing. 
It is. It is. And that's kind of what uh, I, I don't know what my challenge next month is going to be. Obviously, the running 100 miles is going to be a part of that challenge. But I want something, again, that's sort of more emotional or mental uh, challenge as well. Um, these have been kind of fun doing them. So I'd like to add a new one. Nice. Very cool. It, I thought so. So we have this very interesting topic coming up. We do. And this is the first time in a little while where we've kind of dove into something a little bit more cerebral again. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm excited. I've, I've spent some time reading and whatnot about this. So I'm I'm kind of excited about it. And who knows? It may only be five minutes long. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure we, we can. I'm sure we can pat it out to at least thirty. Thirty. Okay. What uh? What is the topic? I was hoping you would tell me that. Hmm. Because I will not. Well, hopefully, you know some of it. Oh, I know it. It's just it's one of those things where I'm I'm going to spend like a minute prattling on, and I won't be able to give it a good succinct thing because I don't remember what we said before. Yeah, brevity is my strong suit. Sure, and that's why we have a podcast because brevity is neither of our strong suits. Um, so yeah. today's topic is originality versus borrowing versus stealing mm -hmm. versus outright plagiarism okay. and sort of how that coincides with our creative outlets our individual creative outlets and our thoughts on it mm -hmm. um, so i want to kind of dive in because this quote came up a couple of times when i was reading it and it's been i, I don't know who actually said it uh, T.S. Eliot said this version of it, good writers borrow, great writers steal. Mm -hmm. I believe Picasso has one, uh, is accredited for saying, good artists borrow, great artists steal. Yeah. I don't know if anybody knows where it came from. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, but let's start there. What do you think about that quote as a whole? You've heard it, obviously. What does it mean to you? Uh, so, I guess... I guess I would agree with it, like overall, like the theme of it, I suppose, okay. the spirit of the quote, I would agree with. Um, it's kind of a nuanced thing to distinguish in the context of the quote, what the difference between borrow and steal is, I suppose. Exactly. Um, you'd have to really kind of like think about it a lot and, and probably look at the context under which it was said and all that shit. Um, but no, I, I pretty much... Uh, agree with it i actually had um because i was thinking about this topic um a few days ago while at work it was just kind of a slow day and so i was kind of thinking about it and i another one you hear a lot is like there are no original ideas left that's another one that i always yes. hear um mm -hmm. which that i don't agree with not necessarily um and it's pretty tangent tangentially tangent what's the word how do you say it? Tangentially. 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 Yeah. Fuck me. Uh, <laughs> oh, I've had that soda in like a week. Uh, it's tangentially. Oh, congratulations. Thanks. Uh, I'm really trying. Uh, it's tangentially related to the quote. Yes. Um, I was thinking that it's. I don't know. I, I don't think that it's it's less that there's no original ideas left, and it's more that there's no original tropes left. Hmm. Okay. Um, 
in this instance, tropes would be, um, I guess that'd be like how you, uh, tell, like how you tell your story, like what themes, not necessarily themes, what, like how you're, I have a better way of, hold on. Um, tropes would be like how, like your, the, the, the reader or the observer's expectations and whether or not okay. you're subverting them or not. Um, that's yes. in my mind, that's, what's more difficult to do now. Um, so like I've, I was thinking about it and I really do think that, um, by using a combination of original ideas, which would be like plot elements, if you're looking at like a story mm-hmm. perspective, um, and then whatever perspective, if you're looking at for art or through movie or whatever the hell else, uh, by using a combination of original ideas presented the same way uh, that you see a lot in a lot of other media, for example, um, Star Wars, it's a mm-hmm. operatic show told through a sci-fi setting, right? Mm-hmm. That was at the time relatively original, or you're looking at the same ideas uh, presented originally, like Game of Thrones, high fantasy in a grim, dark setting. That's okay. uh, what I kind of think of whenever I think of the whole. There's no originality left, or there's you know good artist steal, whatever it is. That's sort of where my thought process always goes, at least in the form of like writing. Because um, that's like the thing that I mostly do that is more original. So you don't think that, so if you think that there are no original ideas left or basically, or you think there are some original ones out there, you think that there are legitimate, real, original ideas without borrowing or taking from other thoughts? Yes, but obviously it's going to be harder <coughs> to do. And the way you in the way you do it that is truly original would be through subverting those expectations. Okay. Right? Yeah. I, so I don't know that I agree because I think that when I think that everything that we do compounds on one another. I believe it was Newton that said we stand on the shoulders of giants. Right. So while Game of Thrones did something new and unique. It wasn't original. It built on... I mean, Tolkien, there's a great example. Lord of the Rings was unique, but it wasn't original. It wasn't the first time we heard about orcs. That was way back with Beowulf. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these these ideas and, and kind of one of these articles I was reading where it talked about stealing, it was talking about stealing better. So don't just steal from one source and take that and try to make it better, a better version of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, take from multiple sources, add in something that you like to it, and now what we're doing is, even though it's not a completely original idea, it's still original, so to speak, because it is something new. It's just based on other elements that are already there. Star Wars wasn't new. The The love story that's in there, the the you know the story itself wasn't new, but it was told differently. Right, that's what I was saying. Sci-fi wasn't new, yeah. So I think you just repeated what I said in a much better way. Maybe. <laughs> well, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Above the Board, where we have two hosts. One talks, the other one just repeats. I'm a parrot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if a parrot was able to more succinctly answer the question. Well, answer the question. Anyway, so... But no, yeah, no, I agree. Okay. I agree wholeheartedly. I think that... 
when people think of original ideas, they think of a very limited or narrow scope of what an original idea would be. I propose that the original idea, quote unquote, that they say there is none left of, there are plenty. The original ideas now are less of a plot element or a new plot element, again, going back to writing, and more of mm-hmm. uh, how to present your plot element originally or having that same plot element that everybody always uses, but using it in a different way, right? Okay. That's yeah. what I... Yeah, definitely. So that's sort of like what I think of when I think of the idea that there's no original thoughts left is that there is. You just have to be very creative about it. I mean, for another example, look at Mistborn. Um, if people watch my streams, you're probably pretty familiar with what I'm about to say. Mistborn is <laughs> very unique. It's a very unique idea. It's a book written by Brandon Sanderson. Very unique magic system. Uh, magic system It's a very unique uh, world and setting. Very unique characters. But they all are pulled from multiple sources and multiple different ways mm-hmm. of, of tropes, pretty much, is, of, is what Brandon yeah. Sanderson pulls from. You know, you've got your classic heist story of uh, gathering the crew, setting up, planning the heist out, and then uh, do, pulling off the heist. And then obviously when it invariably fails, pulling up another plan at your ass and doing it and succeeding mm-hmm. or failing. It has a unique magic system where, uh, you know, which I would say is a truly original idea. At least I'm not familiar with or aware of any other magic system that is similar to it, where it uses different types of metals that the persons have to consume to then use the power. And there's one power associated with each metal. And most people can only use one metal, but some people can use all the metals. So it's a very unique magic system applied to a unique world with not unique characters, but the way the characters interact with each other and with the setting and with the magic system and each other that's what's unique so that's more what i think of when i think of there's no original ideas left is that there are you just have to be very creative with how you pull from other sources which i guess feeds into the whole thing about you know um which i guess is the i don't know if this is the original one but um on google it says uh the quote in this form was a favorite of steve jobs but he was probably misquoting pablo picasso who said lesser artists borrow great artists Mm -hmm. steal which makes more sense to me than good and great. Which now yeah. that, like, I mean, I see now the, you know, what it means. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feeds into what you're saying with stealing better would be pulling from all these different sources rather than taking one thing and trying to make it better, right? Well, yeah, I mean, you and if you want to strip it down bare bones and go back to even like in school where you're writing essays... Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what I think we were being taught during that time was you want to look up as many sources as possible and formulate your own ideas and your own opinions. So when you're creating, it's sort of the same thing. You want to go, if you're creating music, you want to go and listen to a lot of different things so that you can sort of formulate your own ideas from those. You want to, if you're writing, Stephen King talks about good writers or great writers are great readers Mm -hmm. and you want to keep reading and you want to read outside of your genre, which we talked about consuming better to create better. Um, You want to get outside of your genre because you want more things to pull from. We don't, an original idea would be something that's never been done before, never been seen before. And that can't come out of thin air. So that has to be seeded from something. I, I think a lot of, uh, Western writing, Western music, Western creative outlets come from 
uh, the Judeo-Christian belief system. Uh, Christianity, I, I think a lot of the, the Western world, either Catholic or Christian, went to some sort of church, read through parts of the Bible, Sunday school, things like that. And that helped shape specific ideas about things like good and evil. Mm-hmm. And then they can take those concepts and turn them any which way they want. And realistically, I mean, that's obviously a common thread uh, amongst a lot of literature. Um, but yeah, I, I think when I when I really started thinking about this and we decided to talk about it, I was really looking at things like music and board games and, and just sort of going through all these things in my mind about what at what point though are you borrowing until you're stealing outright and it's just blatant plagiarism right i mean obviously taking your work you write a poem i write the exact same poem i say oh that's my poem that's plagiarism right so at what point am i just stealing enough and when does it cross that threshold I don't know. <laughs> I think when, great talk. Well, that's it. <laughs> I think. I mean, look at like fan fiction. Okay. Fan fiction generally, fan fiction writers don't get paid for their stories that they write. So that would be what I would say more along the lines of copying. Although, mm-hmm. obviously, I know the whole thing about fan fiction you know, is to change one thing in the, the lore and then you make it a whole new story with the character. I get that. I get that. Yeah. But strip it down bare bones, like you said. Fan fiction, I would say, is copying. At least a setting or a character or a magic system or uh, a it's setting. Taking... But yeah. when you start trying to make money off of it and try to start charging people for whatever it is that you're plagiarizing, I would say that's when it is that what's when it, that's when it becomes plagiarizing? Well, I mean, I don't know. Isn't that the whole Fifty Shades of Grey? Wasn't that fan fiction for? Um, sure, what it was. but also she Twilight. The artist or the the writer also changed. I assume it's a she. Well, that's why we should. I probably uh, should. Yeah, it was. I should probably look that up. Yeah, I'm not sure what the gender is, but it was. I, they wrote fan fiction Great, for I'm Twilight. Fifty Shades of Grey in my then, search history now. Yeah, like it's not already there. Um, but they wrote fan fiction for Twilight and then decided once it started getting a little bit more popular to change the the it's, setting uh, and e. the characters. Yeah, I mean, and I, so mm-hmm. I know that's not plagiarism because they changed enough. Going back to what I said earlier, they changed enough of it to make it its own original, quote unquote, original thing. Obviously, it's pretty blatant, like not good writing, I would assume. I've heard bad things about I mean, it. I've definitely know Maybe the movies not good are not writing, great. but it's sold a lot. They made well, some sure, money. because it's fucking smut. It's it's eh. it's pop culture smut, which people love. Yeah, and if your if your goal is to make a living, then but yeah, I think when you get back into plagiarizing, when you steal something from somebody else, you don't change enough of it, and then you make it your you call it your own. You don't make it your own. You call it your own. And I think that's where going back to stealing. You want to steal from enough sources so that you can make something your own. And fan fiction, I think, could be that. But for the most part, I don't think fan fiction is plagiarizing. I think fan fiction is just kind of taking the bare bones of one thing. I feel like fan fiction is a lot like jazz riffing. 
you start playing the you know a 12 bar blues or something and then as you're playing that and you start getting a vibe for it that's the skeleton you already everybody doing it knows that and then you can kind of riff off of it i feel like that's what fan fiction is yeah a lot of fan fiction yeah a lot of fan fiction is really just saying like what if this one or two or a handful of things were different from the original source material you know there's the classic character and i only know this i only know this because uh chris's Mm -hmm. wife has told me there's fan fiction of harry potter right where yes. the thing that was changed is that Hermione and what's uh, the blonde kid? What's Ron? No, Lucius. No. Oh yes, Malfoy. Draco. Draco Malfoy. <laughs> Lucian's the father, I think, or Lucius Malfoy's the father. That'd be weird. Yes. Uh, but that was the thing that was different. They got <laughs> together, right? So I think you, fan fiction is not plagiarizing until you start trying to profit off of it when you haven't done your due diligence to make it your own instead of calling it your own. Well, I yes, and profit's an interesting thing because you do get into copyright infringement at that point. And it's you think like in the yeah. music industry, taking uh, bits and pieces of people's songs and sampling songs and then trying to make money off of it. Mm-hmm. And at this point, I guess there was a lawsuit with uh, Robin Thicke's Blurred Lines. Yeah. And because of all the lawyering that happened during that, it's kind of opened the door. Now if you want to put a couple of beats or melody from another song, you're probably opening the door for a lawsuit. Yeah. And realistically, if you if it's a popular song, more than likely that person's going to make a little bit of a money on a payout, but it's not going to be, you're not going to get rid of the song. Right. And, you know, it... Music's a lot yeah, more blurry well, because in, if you look at, like, hip-hop and, uh, like, electronic music, they use a lot of samples. Mm-hmm. Like there's so many songs that I remember listening to in high school, like with Eminem, and like his yep. like his um, middle like three albums. Uh, yeah, a lot of like samples of older songs that I didn't realize were samples of older songs until I ended up finding those actual original older songs. And I'm like, oh, that's from the Eminem song. In reality, Eminem yeah. had used it in his songs. I don't know where that line is. Is like. Because obviously, but that's how hip hop has always been. Yeah, and I guess that probably would. I, I I guess I would be looking at it from the same lens that with writing, he took that element or that feeling that he wanted to evoke from those songs and then added it to his own song to make it something new. Right. Okay. I guess that'd be it. I don't know though. Yeah. I think with I think with yeah. writing and art and things that are more like physical. It's probably a little mm-hmm. easier to tell where the line is between plagiarizing and copying and originality versus with like songs and things like that and music. I like I don't know. We really should have asked Chris about this because he's very smart when it comes to music. Yeah. Well, he is a composer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, and I, any medium you take, so. Let's dive into, we've talked about writing. Let's dive into, say, your D&D campaign. Sure. Oh, this is actually if a good example. You, okay. So you read a module, and okay. you like the module. Um, obviously, you're not going to make money off of it. Um, this isn't really about the profit-loss argument, mm-hmm. um, So, which which is a whole different argument altogether. Uh, this is just sort of how it sits with you and what you want to call your own. 
you read a module, you like the module, but you don't like everything. Matt Colville talks about this, utilizing different modules. Mm -hmm. At what point is, are you no longer running your campaign and you're running a module versus I'm utilizing parts of that module to run my own campaign? Uh, I mean, I guess it would depend on the person in each situation, right? Okay. I don't know. I think... I have never ran a module, so I really don't have a lot of experience to speak on that front. I have only ever ran okay. original campaigns. That being said, in my original campaigns, I've taken elements, like Colville said, it has, has talked about that you mentioned, from modules or taking mm -hmm. taken elements from either whether that's characters or, or narrative plot structures or whatever it is from other medium. Um, I've done that before. But I put it in by putting it in my own world and maybe changing enough about whatever I'm bringing in, it makes it original. It makes it my own, right? So I don't know. I mean, yes. I guess I, I guess the, to answer your question, I don't know. Okay. All I, all I can say is I've done it before. Yeah, and I think that's you're borrowing from it. You're taking aspects of it. Uh, obviously, the blatant way would be I ran a whole module, didn't tell my party that I was running a module and told them the whole thing was original. That would be blatant plagiarism. Sure, but at that point, but, who cares, right? Yeah, I mean, what, like I that's mean, up to your. Yes. That's up to that person's own moral. Like, are they going to be? They're conscious. Yeah, it's yeah. You know, if they're not trying to make a profit that, off it, if they're not trying to like sell. Like, if they're not trying to like write it, and part repackage of creative... it, and sell it, like. But I think that's part of the creative endeavor is what your conscience is going to tell you. Is it going to, are you going to hinder yourself from being able, being able to create better in the future? Are you going to continue to push yourself? I mean, I, I do think that we have to borrow. I think that is necessary. I think that is part of the creative process. We take from what we consume, which is why we talked about create, you know, consuming better to create better is because you want to continually feed your soul basically and feed your mind mm -hmm. to put out your feeling and to put out that voice so if all you do is take something and say well i'm going to take this and make this mine or i'm going to i heard this song so now i just want to make that song slightly different like i i get where techno artist or uh these beat producers and stuff take a song and they just remix it like to some degree cool you did something interesting to that song but you didn't create an original song. Mm -hmm. Writing's kind of the same thing. If you took, you could rewrite Harry Potter as fan fiction with a slight change of it. And while that may be fun for you, did that increase the value of your creative work? Did you, or in your creative mind, have you learned anything from that? And I think if you're doing it as a practice tool, as an element, the same as, you know, if I, if I take a Bob Ross painting and I paint his picture, I'm not creating anything original. I'm painting it and there's a skill set involved in that, but I'm not creating anything original. So while I may not be able to sell it and pass it off as anything other than, hey, it's his idea, my rendition of their idea, maybe you're just paying homage to it which is not a bad idea. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're using that as a tool to say, oh, I'm learning techniques. I'm learning this song to learn techniques. I'm writing, I, I'm, you know, the, uh, 
I, I don't know where I ever heard this from, but I maybe was reading Rainbow where they would do, and then what happened? They would tell part of a story. It's like, and then what happened? Mm-hmm. And they'd let the kids sort of continue on with the story. And that's a great exercise of, of that creative thought process. Right. So you could essentially mash up a lot of different ideas and a lot of different tropes and whatnot, going from science fiction to fantasy, going from different movies, TV shows, and then just, you know, mash them all together and come up with, well, something unique, so to speak. Yeah. I agree. Uh, I did... <laughs> I did read something about being original. And when I was looking up some information about this, I thought it was interesting was uh, there was a lot of talk around trying not to be so original. And so many people are so wrapped up and I need to be original. I need to stand out. And there's a lot out there that is that are saying instead of trying to be original, just be authentic. Mm-hmm. You don't have to be. You're already unique in your own way. If you're singing a song, playing whatever it may be, whatever your your creative outlet is. You taking from other ideas and putting it out there, just be authentically you. Right. Bring your voice into it. And that's going to be enough of the originality. You don't have to stand out any other way. Right. I agree. (laughs) You're taking the words right out of my mouth, man. I know. I do that. I have a habit of doing that. Um, do you think it's possible to identify an original creator or musical sound or style with all of these new things and collaborations and the, what we're talking about pulling from one to the other, do you think you can pull the original out of it? The original Hmm. artist. Yes. Okay. Probably. How so? You got an example? I mean, no. <laughs> I'm just guessing yes. I don't know. That's an yeah. interesting question. I really didn't think about it. So we, at work, we play music. And one of the songs is a Post Malone remake of a Hootie and Blowfish song. Okay. Which, come to find out, is a remake of a song many decades before that. Okay. And I think there's an interesting thing where... An artist did a remake, obviously had permission to do such, but did a remake. So they're not, I mean, technically they are kind of stealing it. They do enough to make it their own, but they have permission. Mm -hmm. And then do it in such a way that that remake is better than the original. Okay. So I don't know where the fuck I was going with that. (laughs) I think... I don't know what purpose it would necessarily serve to try to find an original, the original, quote unquote, mm-hmm. except to satisfy your own curiosity, in my opinion. Okay. I just would never, like, short of, well, actually, no, that's not true, because um, I have actually been doing a lot of research lately into the original Arthurian mythos. Like the original Welsh, okay. they're called like the Welsh Welsh Chronicles or something like that. It's like the mm-hmm. old old shit, uh, like the original Arthur stories. Um, I've been doing a lot of research on in those because one of my projects coming up is um, going to be diving a lot into 
that and pulling a lot from that those those stories those characters um rather than like the more classic more modern um tales and stories in the Arthurian yeah. legends um so yeah i guess you could yeah you, you could you could find a reason to look for the original in some ways but i don't I know think too is can you hear the original in it so let's say you you go back and you see the folklore but then you watch as in a movie that we're watching for an upcoming mm-hmm. uh, episode when you watch the movie can you see the original author in that can you see the original tale in that other than just the name oh uh yeah i see what you mean though yeah uh no you can't <laughs> not not in that one <laughs> not not really in that one the closest Robin you get to is another um, one the only thing that's the sword in the stone i don't know it's been a long time since i've seen the sword in the stone the only thing but i thought in was this... interesting in the king arthur movie was uh bedivere I've not like that's like you hear a lot about like the different knights at the round table like Lancelot mm-hmm. and Gwen and all these and, but you never I never really hear about Bedivere and so when like yeah Bedivere was like a pretty big part of it I was like oh Bedivere like that's a cool name I like that and then I looked into it and, and apparently he's like one of the more original knights um so yeah it's kind of cool so and that's interesting with folklore and tales like that where over the time stories have changed like the sword in the stone in that movie they do have an aspect of a sword in the stone yeah that was part of the Arthurian legend i don't think it was part of the original legend but that's the thing is but it's become part of it yeah over time so somebody borrowed added their own element Mm -hmm. and now it's so far advanced that that became part of it as well and I, i find that fascinating yeah it's pretty cool yeah, talk about your legacy really living on that enough people started borrowing from you that it became its own thing completely. That's yeah. kind of cool. You pretty like yeah, someone's um, someone's fan fiction pretty much became part of the official mythos. It's pretty cool. So so what about the word influencing? What if we threw in influencing between borrowing and stealing? What's the difference between being influenced and borrowing? Um so be, this is purely off the cuff. So being influenced, I would say, is when you would try to either, depending on the medium, obviously, either try to make the consumer uh, feel a certain way, feel the same way as something else that you're being influenced from, um, or try to draw the same conclusions or similar conclusions. I would guess. I don't know. I'd have to like really think about it. You really should have given me some of these questions beforehand. No, <laughs> there's no fun in that. Fair it's more enough. fun to watch you dance. Here's an example, though. Okay, I have a perfect example. Okay. I was looking for a place to put this in. This is a perfect place. So I've, I mentioned earlier to you I've been playing this game called Valheim. Mm-hmm. Great fucking game. If you've got a computer that is at least even just okay <laughs> and you got an extra 20 bucks, go buy it. It's amazing. Uh, okay. Pretty much, if you don't know what the game is, it's um, a third-person Viking-themed more uh, Minecraft with like the Norse gods and shit. Uh, okay. It's got a um, uh, you make a character, you can bring the character from world to world. The world itself is procedurally generated uh, with different biomes in it, like in Minecraft, 
and you have different enemies in each biome, different materials in each biome, all that kind of stuff. Uh, but because it's procedurally generated, it's like like two gigs, if that. So super small. But I have got like probably 80 hours of gameplay in it so far. It's so good. Um, so it's influenced heavily from the idea of the open world survival crafting game that is Minecraft with the different biomes, mm-hmm. different materials. It's also taking influence from obviously Norse mythology. Um, it's still making it its own though, because you don't, you, I think there's a couple references to some of like the more popular Norse gods, like Odin and Freya. But other than oh. that, you don't really interact with the gods. You're just an emissary of the gods into this new land of Valheim to fight evil gods for the Norse, on the Norse gods path. That's the story, right? So you have different mm-hmm. bosses. Um, so it takes that element of a party com- uh, composition where you can focus in one area uh, through skill progression, like in Skyrim. So the more you do something in the game, the higher your skill level goes up and the better you are at that thing. Which again, that's taking heavy influence from Skyrim. It's taking heavy influence from a multitude of party-based game and combat where you fight bosses and creatures you've got dungeons that you can go in to get other things which is an obvious homage to like dungeons and dragons you got obvious homages to like the old old like um fantasy uh stories like conan and beowulf uh even lord of the rings more recently it takes well even world of warcraft i mean world of warcraft yeah obviously so i i've never actually played world of warcraft um uh it takes influence from uh dark souls in its combat and how combat is ran and operated with the whole, it has a blocking and a parrying and a dodge uh, thing where you're invincible okay. when you're dodging. It's like, it takes influence from all these different wide array of things and it funnels in with a new original skin, new original front facing idea. And you have like a completely, in my mind, I would say original game. It's so much fucking fun. Interesting. So that's what I would say is influence. I would say that game yeah. hits the sweet spot of being influenced. It obviously borrows some things. It steals some things. But more overall, it's influenced by a multitude of things. So maybe that's the difference with influencing is influencing really does straddle that line between borrowing and stealing. And the context. Yeah, and I think I agree. And I think influencing is is where you come up with more original ideas. I think borrowing is that part where you're, I want to take some of this some of these elements and start to build from it so i'm practicing and i'm developing a new idea and then i i think as you progress then you start to just be influenced by that music i think is a great example uh there's oh my goodness um when you talk to artists you can hear different artists where you listen to a song and you're like yes i can tell that they listen to this other band because I can kind of feel it. It's got sort of the same vibe that goes with it. Mm-hmm. Even though no aspect of that song is anything like it, but there's something in it that you're like, yes, I know it, whether it's the tone of the guitar or maybe it's the way they sort of play the piano or maybe it's sort of a riff in there. You know that there's an influence from somebody else. But again, it's still original. It's not stolen from them and it's not just copying them. Um I talked about this in the beginning when we introduced the topic that I wanted to talk a little bit about board gaming here because this is a topic that does come up pretty frequently. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't copyright mechanisms in a board game. Right. So I can't copyright rolling dice. 
I can't copyright using playing cards. So with that theory, and I can't copyright a theme. I can't say, well, my game is Vikings, and now nobody can make a Viking game. I've got all the Vikings. You can copyright IPs, Mm -hmm. uh, and people do that, which sucks sometimes because cool IPs don't get good games because the wrong people have the rights to them. Um, But one of the mechanics that I find intriguing is the deck building mechanic because in the past, I guess, 10, 15 years, that's a fairly new mechanic that was introduced into the world of board gaming. And with deck building and Dominion, which is the game that invented this concept, is no different than what you do with Magic, but it is a different game. Right. Instead of taking, you know, buying all the cards individually and creating a deck and then using those two decks to beat each other, the game is played around a uh, set of cards that everybody has access to, and and that is the game. You're building that deck as you go. Uh, but a game that really did that mechanic well was Clank. Clank took the deck building aspect, added a board, and now as you're building a deck, it's not just to destroy the other opponent's deck, it's now used to move around the board, gain certain things through the board, Mm -hmm. and then ultimately steal stuff from a dragon and leave. Uh, And I think they did it so well that they took this element heavily influenced obviously borrowed influenced by and clank the original one is done through a fantasy theme the second one the one i have clank in space is in space and every card in it is paying some sort of homage to science fiction i mean there's things to star wars things to star trek and you know all these different ones hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Um, but the game itself is completely original Except for the fact that they stole it from their first idea, which was a fantasy based, but right. it's the same company. Uh, so I think that's interesting when you look at plagiarizing versus borrowing versus influencing, and then just plain original. Yeah. So would you say then, uh, at the end of this, yeah, influencing would be like paying no original homage, ideas. right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that. That's yeah. Like a... Well, I think too. If you read a lot of Brandon Sanderson, which you do. If that's all you read for a while, the next couple of things you write are going to be heavily influenced by what you've read. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be connections, which is why I think it is very important for us then, again, to consume better. Don't just read Brandon Sanderson. I realize, like, if you just want to read Brandon Sanderson to read Brandon Sanderson, then great, by all means. If you're just into Stephen King, by all means. If you're just into Guy Ritchie films and you're a filmmaker, by all means, do that. Just know that when you go from consuming to creating, you're more likely to create a less original idea, more like that one person, because that's where you've spent most of your time. Stepping away and doing something a little bit more polarized from that is going to help you formulate newer ideas and and build slowly on top of that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I, I think too. When we look at the creative mind, nobody just said, hey, I've listened to all this stuff. Now I've came up with this whole new, like a new genre of music. I just came up with a whole new genre of music. No, it's small little stones and bricks being laid on top of one another until you look 20 years from now, uh, what was once, you know, that New York style hip hop to, you know, Hamilton, <laughs> That's, I mean, there's a great example of it. Two uh, completely different genres 
thrown together to create something unique and just absolutely amazing. Mm -hmm. um, but you can feel the influence from all the different things that Lin-Manuel pulled from. Right. And I find that really fascinating. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I had one. So do you uh, think? I had something Go I was going to say, but I don't remember what it was. Mm. I, don't, I don't know. It's gone now. It's gone. It's it's gone. Out of my mind. Do you think? Do you think? In true above the board fashion, did we answer the question? What's the difference between originality, plagiarism, stealing, borrowing? influence sure i think a lot of those terms are are just interchangeable yeah they're just interchangeable you can i think if you were to or maybe a sliding scale yeah i think if you were to have like very clear distinct sides of of the of the sliding scale to continue with that um, example i would say influencing more think about it influencing is actually going to be it's going to be furthest away from plagiarism. Okay. Not taking any originality into it. Because again, mm -hmm. I don't know if there is any originality left. It's about how you present it. Yeah. That's what makes it original. So for the sake of the argument, I guess it would be originality. Plagiarism would be the furthest answer each other on a sliding scale. With influenced by, quote unquote, or inspired by would be the next closest Mm -hmm. And then somewhere between influenced and plagiarism, you've got borrowing, Borrow. stealing, copying, all that shit. Yeah. So I guess so we did would... technically, but not probably very well. So time could play a factor in that now that you say that. I mean, time could play a factor if you think about some of these old folk tales mm -hmm. over decades. So, and I think of the Hootie and the Blowfish song over decades of a song that really wasn't well known to begin with. Mm -hmm. Somebody took it and made it more unique to that time. Right. That it was became popular. So that can make something better. Wasn't that Who Let the Dogs Out? Wasn't that also like that? I have no idea. I didn't like that song. Who Let the Dogs Out but is I a song a performed by the Bahamian group Bahamin, originally released by Anselm Douglas titled, titled Doggy. It was covered by a producer, Jonathan King, who sang under the name Fat Jack and his pack of pets. Wow. Interesting. Very. But that's, I, I know in the world of music, that's pretty commonplace. Yeah. I mean, there's only 12 notes. That's it. Interesting. At least in Western music, there's only 12 notes. So it's just a matter of going octave up, octave down, and how you put those notes together, but it's still the same 12 notes. Imagine, you know, writing and you only had 12 words. That'd be the worst. Yeah, you'd only have so many ways you could do that. So, yeah, yeah, definitely interesting. All right. Do you think we answered the question? I do. I, I think our listeners are probably sitting there saying, what the fuck did I just listen to? No, they are thinking... <laughs> I really like these guys. I should go subscribe to them at their socials, but I don't know what their <laughs> socials are. What are they? Come on, podcasters. Tell me what your socials are. I'll tell you right now. Jeremy, tell them what our <laughs> socials are. 
Well, we have a couple of them. We are on Instagram. That was the best damn segue you've ever seen. That was pretty good. That was definitely pretty good. Say the socials again. And then you shined a light on it. So now it's like... Say the socials again. uh, Instagram. Instagram, Above the Board Podcast. Facebook, we have an Above the Board Podcast page. Twitter, Above the Board Podcast. Email us at Above the Board Podcast. I feel like there is a theme here. Nah. Above the board podcast. <laughs> yeah, folks. I mean, reach out to us. Talk about it. Uh, any experiences. If you have any questions that you'd like to uh, pose to us, we can answer. I'll tell you a question I have for the listeners. I'd love to get a response back. Is When you find out somebody has plagiarized, stolen, maybe a little bit more than what you prefer, would you can still listen to them? Would you still read the book? Do you listen or read to fan fiction? Uh, what are your thoughts on it? And if you're creative out there... What do you do? At what point do you say, hey, that's too much of this one artist. I need to add more of myself into it. Where does that line stand for you? I can't believe we didn't even talk about Shia LaBeouf. He's like the most popular or most well-known case of plagiarism in pop culture in like the last, I don't know, 20 years, 30 years. Interesting. I don't know nothing about this. Yeah, so I don't know if he like I don't know what he plagiarized, but he plagiarized something. People called him out on it, so he then he he issued an official uh, apology, which was also plagiarized from like another apology speech. Interesting. Um, and so for a while there, it looked like he was going to get like blacklisted from all of Hollywood, and they did some like performance art and like some weird shit, yeah. and then like the thing happened with like. Shia LaBeouf Cannibal and all this stuff. And now he's gotten his movies. And, yeah. uh, but it's very interesting. I would highly recommend looking into it. Uh, if only for the spectacle, because Shia LaBeouf is a very interesting man. Yes. Uh, go watch the... Uh, I don't think they mentioned it, but go watch his uh, Hot Ones interview. It was a very good interview. Um, okay. Showed, yeah, I thought so too. It showed, like, speaking, I think really who he is. He was also on a Hollywood Roundtable. Sorry. That was also really good. Yes, I did. I watched that one too. That was really good too. Which was kind of weird because I'm not exactly sure that he belonged in that. (laughs) But I think he held his own, but I wasn't sure starting out with it. I wasn't sure that he belonged. But I do think he is, he does care a lot about his craft. I think LaBeouf is is Um, a talented person. Yes. He just might be misguided in some areas. In some areas, yes. (laughs) And I think back when the alcohol and drug abuse was pretty prevalent, that was definitely his misguided. But speaking of hot ones, so someday this week, I am getting the season 15 hot sauce lineup for hot ones that I'm going to try. I've already ordered it. I don't know. I've already ordered it. It's coming. I need to do that too then, probably. It could be our first official like podcast discord video, video podcast yeah. yeah that could be interesting uh, i mean that's heavily influenced potentially stealing right there well i think it'd be different because obviously we're gonna have to come up with a topic to talk about mm-hmm. so it'd be less of an interview and more of just like two idiots putting themselves through some <laughs> dumb shit <laughs> that's true for that is true <laughs> for probably no reason interesting oh my goodness Anyways, right, social so... medias. Uh, we talked about where we are, where our podcast is. Yeah. Um, where can they find you specifically, Jeremy, on the Twitter? Well, if you want to find me, Board Game Jer, that's the way to go. Board Game underscore Jer. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. You can find me on Instagram. I like to post things about board games. I like to talk about board games. 
Um, that's pretty much all I do on my social is that sort of thing. Just try to put out some positivity in the world. You don't have anything what else? about you? You have like uh, any other really. like shorts, video type? I mean, I have a Snapchat out there, but I we're we're working on some other stuff, and I have a TikTok. But I would say find me on the other two, and if you can follow the rabbit hole to Snapchat or TikTok, then you have won. All right. I don't know what the hell you've won, but it's entertaining. I have a Snapchat cooking show. All right. Cool. Yeah. Hi, Chief. What about you? Socials. Uh, you can find me on Pros Be Rad everywhere. Twitter, Instagram. Uh, I got a website. I got Twitch streams. I got nothing else. That's it. That's almost everywhere. Pretty much everywhere. I don't do Facebook because fuck Johnny Facebook. Cash. Facebook sucks. I don't know. It depends how you use it, I think. I think it's like any tool. It's a bad tool. There's definitely... It's like if your tool spied on you of... and, and sold your information to places. Yeah, you have a phone. You're already being spied on and sold information. <laughs> your information is being sold. Sure, but so. hopefully not by Zuckerberg, the actual human robot. <laughs> I do like his movie a lot. Social media. Social network. Social network, yeah. But that has a lot to do with the main two actors I like. Oh, yeah. Andrew Garfield yeah. and Jesse Eisenberg, right? Well, not the Andrew Garfield. I guess he is the main one. It's got Justin Timberlake. Yeah, but he's not main. He's not a main character. Mm, that's true. That's true. Well, but, yeah. My food is almost here. All right. All right we got to wrap you it up. You go eat your food. You go eat your food. Folks, this has been another episode of Above the Board I hope you've learned something, been entertained at the very least. Until next time, my name's Jeremy. Finger gun, Brad. I'm still recording. Okay, I'm done now.